But she talks about internalized fear, chaos, and confusion. And I think a lot of times um, when there's just a lot of pressure on us from different angles, different avenues, different parts of our life, we can feel stuck. Okay. She goes on in her book to really talk about a lot of um, intentional behaviors and thoughts we can have to get unstuck. Hi, everybody. I just want to welcome you to the Kim Peek Show. I'm so excited that you're here and you can tell I'm going to talk about books today. Books are one of my very favorite things to talk about. And I think these books are all really relevant to a lot of the things that I've seen lately just going on with the people in my little world. And so I'm thinking it might help you in your world as well. The Kim Peek Show, I am here to help you thrive in your faith, your family and your work. That's what I want to see. And we look at the news of today day in the world and see how it impacts your world. And that's really what we want to focus on today. And the word that um, I have heard from many people this week is that I am overwhelmed. I don't know if you're feeling that way, and I'm not sure why it's happening. I think if we look at some of the news of today, we can kind of get a feeling. A lot of times we listen to the news and we see what's happening in the world, and we don't really see the tie into our own lives necessarily. And so maybe we don't pay attention as much, or we hear headlines, or we hear stories, but we're like, well, okay, that's happening, but that's not happening here in my family. It's not really affecting my job. And so it seems kind of out there, right? But the news of today is really impacting our own lives today. Um, And let's talk about inflation. Let's talk about our economy. Regardless of what side of the political aisle you're on, regardless of your socioeconomic situation, we are all being impacted by the issues in our economy today. And we're not going to look at why it's that way. We're not going to look at who's to blame. We're not even really going to look at solutions to the problem. And today we're not going to really look at the solutions to the problem. We're not going to look at why the issues are going on. That's not what we're here to deal with. What we're here to deal with is what you may be experiencing that's causing an overwhelming feeling in your own life. As I said, I've heard many people say it's mainly ladies at my, my, my job where I talk with them and we're working on various projects and everyone that I set up a meeting with, we start the meeting and we both spend a minute talking about how overwhelmed we are. And again, I think a lot of it is because the inflation in our economy right now is affecting our lives, no matter what our situation is. And so let's talk about that for a minute. You may have heard that news came out this week that inflation is at a 40-year high, right? Year over year, we're at 9.1% this year. Now, to me, I always kind of hear the numbers and I think, okay, that is nice to hear that. Um, maybe it's not nice because we don't like the number, right? We can we can look at the numbers, but what does that really mean in our own lives? And really what that means in our own lives right now is that everything we're interested in buying is 
costing us more. And that's affecting our everyday budget, which is affecting our everyday lives. Let's talk about food, uh, groceries. Let's talk about gas. We know that those things, if you have gone and bought those things recently, are definitely going up. They're affecting our everyday spending. But let's also talk about some of the bigger items. Let's talk about cars. I don't know if you've tried, had to purchase a car lately, but the costs are going up a lot. And in some cases, they're not even available, maybe what you want. They talk about used cars being hard to, to get, that the costs are going up. They talk about housing and the housing prices are going up. First of all, we know, uh, regardless of probably where you live, that housing prices are going up. But also now rental prices are going up because of the pressure on the housing market. Now that sounds like kind of a lot of economists speak, right? But the bottom line is that no matter what situation we're in, we are paying more and it's affecting us in some way. Now let's talk about your job because I think this really ties into your job for this reason. Earlier this year, uh, in earlier quarters, earlier parts of the year, the um, forecast coming out for my company where I work and the reports reporting out about what had happened were pretty positive, right? Um, which was great, right? I mean, it's like, wow, these are good um, numbers. This is good news for the company. What's interesting in the last three weeks, my company has really tightened up monetarily in a few different ways. I won't go into those, but needless to say, that's affecting hiring, that's affecting jobs. We all feel more pressure at our jobs to get out there. Um, and I think that's for a couple of reasons. If you're at a job right now, you really want to do a good job. And sometimes um, we start to think, is my job secure? right? Am I going to have a job? Is the pressure on our economy, the pressure on the markets, the pressure on my company going to result in layoffs? And I don't know about you, but I've actually had that thought in the last couple of weeks. And that's a thought I have not had in this job. Um, and I've, I've been there for several, several years, right? And so that's putting a lot of pressure on us that's causing us to feel overwhelmed. So what I want to do today is I want to inspire you that even though there's a lot of stress in the world, there's a lot of stress um, with our money and maybe with our jobs, uh, maybe in other areas, we can feel inspired that we're not living with stress and um, unrest all the times in our life, okay? I know for me, whenever I go through stressful times and I've had maybe a stressful week or two, what I do at that point is I try and remind myself, okay, maybe I can't change the situation, right? Maybe I cannot uh, resolve the situation or the problem, whatever is going on, but I don't have to live with this feeling of foreboding and stress being the main issues in my life right now. Okay. Now, again, that's hard, right? And sometimes we have to remind ourselves daily and sometimes we have to fight anxiety daily, right? And I'm right there with you if you're like that. Okay. I fight that as well. 
But there are some things I have learned. Um, we talked about mentors last week, which is really important. But there's also some things I have learned from books. I love books. Okay. Uh, shout amen right now, wherever you are, if you love books as well. Okay. Cause books are awesome. And I know I've said before on this podcast that I like reading books that I don't even fully agree with because a lot of times what that means is I'm learning, right. Or I am learning to think more. Right. And I think that's important because we live in a polarized, divided society. Right. And we've talked about that before as well. Whether you look at politically or faith wise or any segment of society, you would want to slice it up. There is unrest and there is division to some degree. And so it's really, really good when we think through different thoughts that we don't necessarily agree with, right? Because we're able to respond better and we're able to have better conversations. Okay. So, um, I say that about, uh, books, however, I'm pretty solid and sold on these four books you're seeing in front of you. And what I want to do is walk you through the different points, main points that stuck out to me about all of these books and encourage you to pick up one or just to really listen to this podcast and what these books have to share with us. These authors, I think, are really wise in a lot of ways. Okay, so let's talk about that. We know that people are overwhelmed and we know that there are things we can do that we don't need to live that way. But oftentimes we feel stuck. And this first book is called Get Unstuck be unstoppable. And the author is Valerie Burton. I really like Valerie Burton. Um, she's written a couple other books that I like. And usually what I do is I, um, go to Amazon. I know some people are Amazon fans, but I look up books on Amazon all the time. And when I hear of an author, I always go to Amazon and I look up other books that they've written and I see if there might be one that I want to get. Okay. So I want uh, to read you really from her very first page, the introduction about what she says about what it means to be stuck. And I want to encourage you just to listen to this as I read. And I want you to think about if you're feeling this way about any part of your life. She says stuck is a pattern of counterproductive thinking or behavior that results in your not moving toward that which you desire. I could not write that eloquently, but basically she's saying it's a pattern. Sometimes we have counterproductive thoughts, right? But this is a pattern of those counterproductive thoughts so that they are keeping us from moving towards the goals and the direction we want to go. Again, that's not as eloquent as she said it, but that still means the same thing. She continues, it is typically a result of internalized fear, um, confusion, chaos, overwhelm, being lost, lack of clarity, or pessimism, right? I want to read those again. Internalized fear, confusion, chaos, overwhelm, being lost, lack of clarity, or pessimism, okay? And I bet a lot of us have had um, at least one of those thoughts or feelings in the last month. By this definition, she says, being stuck is not for you get up and move. You are stuck. And that is a mistake. That's life. But if you find yourself repeatedly in similar situations, struggling with similar challenges, then stuck is an appropriate description. 
And she goes on to talk more about some examples of that. Now, the reason I wanted to start with that is that you may be feeling that way. And I think the first term she used is a really good description of it. I wondered if my paperback book was going to stand up. I guess I'm getting the answer here. Okay. The others are hardback, which made it a lot better. But she talks about internalized fear, chaos, and confusion. And I think a lot of times um, when there's just a lot of pressure on us from different angles, different avenues, different parts of our life, we can feel stuck. Okay. She goes on in her book to really talk about a lot of um, intentional behaviors and thoughts we can have to get unstuck. And I'm really not going to go into those. I really like her book. And I'd suggest if you kind of resonated with what she said, that you consider reading that book. What I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about these other three books and what they've taught me about moving towards the goals that I want and not getting stuck. Remember, stuck is a pattern of this thinking or a pattern of behaviors that keep us from moving forward. Okay, we're always going to struggle with anxiety or negative thoughts, but it's like a lot of times what we can do is we have a way that we feel them, think them, um, say them out loud to somebody, and then we can move on, right? But we're stuck when we can't do that. So the first book I want to talk about in helping me get unstuck is The Road Back to You. Now, this is about the Enneagram, and I don't know how many of you may have heard of the Enneagram. Um, there's some people that really don't think the Enneagram has merit. For me, what I have found out is that it's really helped me in a lot. And the reason why is because of this, when it talks about um, what the Enneagram teaches about ourselves. Let me read this. Each type or number, and let me stop there. The Enneagram has nine different types of um, people that it talks about, okay? Um, now, what I always think is dangerous about looking at these assessments, right? That maybe say we're extrovert or introvert. Maybe that we're, um, you know, a networker or a manager. Maybe, you know, you, you there's so many different types of these assessments out now that it's difficult to um, even talk about them all, right? I mean, there are so many. But the thing that Enneagram does is it has nine different types, okay? But what I like about the Enneagram is different from any other assessment for this reason. Each type or number has a distinct way of seeing the world and an underlying motivation that powerfully influences how that type feels and behaves. I want to read that again. Each type or number, remember there are nine, has a distinct way of seeing the world and an underlying motivation that powerfully influences how that type thinks, feels, and behaves. Now, what's different to me about this is the word motivation, right? I might do something the same behavior that my husband does. We are very different types on the Enneagram. All right. And really, it's funny, my, my daughter's um, visiting us and she was laughing at us last night saying, you know, mom is such a rule follower, which is very true. And dad is uh, not as concerned about following some rules. And so that's been um, very funny in some ways to her. Right. Um, but we've learned from each other. So it's been really good. But a lot of it comes down to our 
motivation, okay? And my motivation, I'm an Enneagram type one, and if you're not familiar with the Enneagram, that doesn't mean anything to you unless you read this book. But as an Enneagram one, it talks about my core motivation is that I want to see the world made right. I want things to have justice and I want things to go well. And I want, again, the world to be right. And that really does describe me. And each number in here, it talks about, and to start the chapter on each number, it has 20 different um, qualities that sometimes fit with that person, um, that Enneagram type. And what's so funny is out of those 20 um, qualities, 15 of them are like, I read that I'm like, that is so me. Four of them, I was like, that's me some of the time. And only one of them was was not really, didn't resonate with me. And so, um, again, not to put people in a box. I'm very against that. We're all very complicated, layered people. But what I've learned about the Enneagram is to realize that is my core motivation, right? And so what's good to know about that is that can easily go into being judgmental of myself or of others. And so I need to be aware of that. And for me, the Enneagram has helped me see my motivations in situations. And so in talking with my, my kids or my friends or my coworkers or my husband, it really helps because I realize that's going to be my default, right? That I want things to, to go uh, with the rules. I want things to be made right. And so when I talk with other people that don't have that core motivation, I can be aware of that. And it's really helped me to be less stressed, right? Because when things don't go that way, I realize, okay, this is my motivation. What is his motivation or her motivation so that we can work together more? And I have to tell you that has relieved a lot of stress at times for me. And so I encourage you to read that book. And if you do, and you wanna read another book about the Enneagram, that really is good about helping you see ways you can um, get along well and work well with people with other Enneagram types, put it in the comments and I will let you know what can be done there because there's another great book. There's actually a lot of great books, but um, there's a couple that are my favorites. Okay, let's go to the next uh, book that has really helped me when I'm overwhelmed, when I'm stressed. And that is this book. And I know this is kind of, this is the newest book of all of these. And um, I've even talked to my daughter. She told me she has the book. Um, I know my daughter-in-law has read it just to say the younger generation, because I'm not in the younger generation anymore, but the younger generation has really found this book resonates with them as well. And this book is called The Ruthless Elimination of hurry. And I don't know about you, um, but I can definitely overcommit. Um, not as much now that I'm older, but especially when I was younger. So you young moms, um, this is something I think that's really good. I wish I would have read this when I was raising my kids. I, I think um, I would have been less stressed sometimes and they probably would have appreciated that. So just want to uh, bring out a couple of the points that really resonated with me and they are um, kind of humorous in some ways. Um, this first one is kind of humorous, so let me read it. Um, and it's talking about our attention span, okay? And it's talking about that the 
terrifying trend of our attention span is dropping with each passing year. In 2000, year 2000, before the digital revolution, um, a person's um, average attention span was 12 seconds. So it's not exactly like we had very long attention spans. But since then, it's dropped to eight seconds. Isn't that crazy? Eight seconds. And, you know, that's pretty easy to do with our with our um, cell phones, right? We can just go from, you know, this app to that app. We can scroll through, you know, if we're on social media and just get so much stimulation in um, a few seconds. Um, I love what he says here. To put things in perspective, remember, uh, a human's average attention span is nine seconds. Then he says, to put things in perspective, a goldfish has an attention span of nine seconds. That's right, we're losing to goldfish. A goldfish has nine second attention span, we have eight. Um, and I think that just kind of points to the fact that, you know, we're just inundated. We're overwhelmed with stimulation. And, and that is definitely not good for us as people. Um, here's something I also really liked. He said, here's my point. The solution to an over busy life is not more time. It's to slow down and simplify our lives around what really matters. You know, so many times when we have so many things on our to-do list, so many things on our plate, we think if I only had more time, I could get everything done. But do you know what I found? I have found that if I have a list, a to-do list, something, um, you know, a few things I have to get done, if I rush and stress to get all that done, you know what happens? There are just other items that appear on the list, okay? And that's always going to happen. So I love what he says things. We don't need more time. We need to slow down, simplify our lives around what really matters. And um, I, I think that's really true. You know, there are times I kind of list out everything I'm committed to, and I just see what I need to take off my, my list, right? Which leads to the next point I want to read you from his book. Life is a series of choices. Every yes is a thousand no's. Let me read that again. Every yes is a thousand no's. Every activity we give our time to is, is a thousand other activities we cannot give our life to because we can't be in two places at once. We have to learn to say no. And then he has a one word sentence and that one word sentence is constantly. As Anne Lamont so humorously pointed out, no is a complete sentence and it's one we need to work into our vocabulary. He has so many just little tidbits through the book that, that just kind of grab you, right? Every yes is a thousand no's and no is a complete sentence. So I encourage you in fact, sometimes I do what's called a brain dump. I just put everything down on a piece of paper that is a part of my life, right? From cooking dinner to my job to any volunteer things to what I need to be doing for my kids, everything, right? Everything in my life. 
And then I start looking at it and there's always a couple of things that are really easy to take off the list, right? So I do those right away. The next thing is really start looking and usually if you have a little thought, there's a couple more things you can take off the list. And before you know it, you're left with a list of things that feel very important to you, but you look and you realize it's just not something I can completely have in my life, all of these things. And so what you have to do is you have to make some hard choices. But you know, I had a friend tell me the other day, she said, you need to make decisions based on your health. I have some health complications that at some point I'll do a podcast on, but just for you to know now, I have, I have some health complications. And she said, when you're looking at these couple different things in my life, I was talking to her about, she said, you need to make a decision based on your health. And, you know, I realized she was right. She was so right. Um, and so I'm in the process of thinking through that and all the things that I just read, you go along with that simplify to what really matters. Every yes is a thousand no's. And I guess, I don't know, the, the goldfish attention span, I don't think that's a big issue in my life right now. Um, but it would have been when I was younger. So this is a great book to read. This is one of those books you can read uh, one chapter or you can even read five pages and you will have found that you've underlined a few things just in those five pages that are things you can really uh, take and use and put in your life really, really easily. Okay, the last book I want to talk about is the inspirational book. How did I get here? I don't know if you've heard of Christine Kane. She is a powerful speaker. She has started uh, an anti-trafficking ministry throughout the world that is so impactful in so many ways. Um, and again, she is just she is just inspiration. 100%. And so what I wanted to do is tell you a little bit about this book. And I read this book with a friend and we just thought it was was really great. It's called How Did I Get Here? She wrote this book during COVID. And I think this is really relevant because I think COVID disrupted so many things in our lives and in our world. And we're still recovering. You know, um, when COVID uh, kind of the, the shutdown started, around March, 2020, you know, a little over two years ago, I naively thought, okay, this is going to be for a little bit. And then we're going to get back to, to life, right? Where things are going to get back to normal and we're just going to march on. Well, we see now in so many ways that has not happened. Right. And I think some of the effects of the economy, not all, but some of the effects on the economy is COVID related. And, and so many times I say to people, they're talking about something and I say, yeah, COVID really messed up a lot of things. And I really believe that. Right. Um, but she wrote this during COVID and, and it was kind of a real reflective book for her of what she was going on with her heart and her mind during that time. And again, she is a strong Christian leader. Um, and you know, she was just really reflecting on what that was doing to her internally and if she needed to make some changes. Um, I don't know that she was st stuck and needed to get unstuck, but she definitely looked at her life and realized 
I do need to focus, refocus on some things that are really important. And I want to read this to you. There's two quotes I want to read about this. One is near the beginning of the book where she kind of lays out what she's going to be talking about. And then we're going to end the podcast with just a really inspirational thought from her about our lives. So let me read this to you. When our thinking starts to be irrational, when our thoughts start dragging us down a road where we never wanted to go, when we feel helpless to stop the unraveling that ensues, we're not trusting God in the present moment because in our hands we're playing out a future moment. A lot of times those future moments are just the anxiety we have about what could happen, right? That internalized fear that we read about a few minutes ago. Right. And if we're not careful, she says, we can go from peace to panic, from wonder to worry, from rewarding to and stewarding to squandering, from preparation to winging it, from trust to terrified in mere minutes. It's so easy when the value of what it start to truth to feel in pure minutes, it's easy when the what is starting to drift, not only in our thinking, but in everything our thinking affects. Our decision-making, our sound judgment, our responses, our health, our emotions, our perspectives, even our physical bodies. So she's talking about, you know, if we're not careful going from peace to panic, from stewarding to squandering, from preparation to winging it, it starts to drift, we start to drift, not only in our thinking, but in everything in our lives, right? Our decision-making, our sound judgment, our responses, our beliefs, our emotions, our perspectives, and even our physical bodies. So she really kind of sums up what we've talked about in these other books, right? There's stress that we're dealing with um, so many times from pressures from the world, from pressures within ourselves caused by anxiety, from that internalized fear. And so as we wrap up today, I just again want to point out the news of the world is really um, disturbing at times. It's really disconcerting. And we really wonder how it's going to affect us, which can cause a lot of stress. These books have all helped me at times like that. So I really want to encourage you to Pick up one and read it if if the words I read from it resonate with you. And today, I just simply, to end this podcast, want to leave you with one of her inspirational thoughts right at the end of her book. She said, we weren't created to live safe, boring, comfortable, or predictable lives. We were created and transformed to be risk takers, people who live by faith, walk by faith, and go into our world to share our faith. So I am staying on mission, advancing the mission of God on earth. And she goes on, and it's just such an inspirational thought. Even in these times that are overwhelming, causing stress and anxiety, we can internalize that fear. We're not caught, we weren't created, excuse me, we were not created to just live safe and comfortable. We're created to be risk takers and to change our world so many times That means our children, just raising them in the way, the best way we can, following God and just imparting faith to them. It also means in our world, whether we're volunteering uh, with our friends, with our other family members, with our jobs, we are created to just bring that peace and that joy and that hope. 
She talks so much about hope in her book. We're created to bring that hope. We have to have that hope ourselves, which these books help us with. And then we have to take that hope to others. So as you look at the, the news of today in the world, think about what it means in your world. Think about what you need to do to not live in that anxiety so that you can bring hope first to yourself and then to your world. Thank you so much for joining the Kim Peek Show. I hope you have a great week. Uh, I'd love to have your comments on these books or questions about them. And I'll see you next week with another time to share with you so you can thrive in your faith, your family, and your job. Thanks. Thank you.